This is episode 334, and today we're chatting about how to sync your working out with your cycle, what happens during your hormone cycle, and how those ebbs and flows of your hormones, including estrogen and progesterone, that ebb and flow, how it influences your workouts, your nutrition, your energy, your hydration, so many different pieces to your cycle to understand so you don't get frustrated come day 25 and you feel like you're doing something wrong in your practice that you can understand that it's not in fact anything to do with your workout practice and everything to do with your hormones how working out influences positively and negatively our cycle the relationship between exercise and our stress response personalizing your workout plan and using intuition to guide you using your hormone cycling to guide you and what nature models to us in the seasons as it relates to our cycle so this is going to be a good one. Our guest today is Jenny Hulbert, who's a fitness specialist teaching movement that's part of cyclical, seasonal, sweaty, and soulful. She has a bachelor's of science in exercise physiology and a master's degree in sports psychology. From the Wild Wellness Podcast to her online programs and classes, everything she offers is to help others live and sweat in sync with nature. Jenny believes you can reach your goals without sacrificing your well-being as you seek to embody what nature has always modeled. It's not sprint, it's a cycle. You can find out more from Jenny by going to her website, Jenny with an I, Hulbert, that's H-U-L-B-U-R-T. She has an Instagram too, Jenny Hulbert, and her podcast is called Wild Wellness Podcast. You can ask me a question for this show. If you have a question for me, you want it on an upcoming episode or a Q&A episode, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Hey, Jenny, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me for this conversation, Leanne. I'm doing great. Yeah, of course. And I've already done your official bio and such, but I'd love to know from you in your own words, how you got into this space and kind of the business you've created for yourself and all about how you got here. Sure. You know, a lot of those listeners are probably maybe resonating or clicking play on this episode because they see that they want to work out in a way that is not always pushing against their natural cycle or their natural rhythms. And so I'll start there because I feel like my model for that really has been nature the whole way through. I actually grew up on a farm and I think my roots there are really part of my journey and how I've come to understand health and my body and all of those things. I ended up studying fitness for my degrees in exercise physiology and sports psychology, starting my career as a personal trainer. You would have thought that I kind of had what I needed to know, right? In terms of training other people and helping people reach their goals when it comes to their bodies and their fitness and movement and all of that. But I myself was also very active and have always enjoyed running and endurance activities. And so 
at one point into my personal training career, I found myself just really completely exhausted and struggling with my own energy, with recovery from workouts. I wasn't feeling like myself at all. And that was kind of my low point to realizing that I was not working with my own rhythms and cycles. And I had learned so much about how to progress in training, but I really hadn't learned how to work out without burning out. And that's so key for all people, but especially for women because of the way that our bodies cycle differently throughout the month. So that was what really shifted me into wanting to work with people in a different way when it came to their fitness and helping them to understand how to what I call sweat and sink with their cycle. And I say that nature is kind of the thread through all of this because it really is the model for that. If you think about the seasons and the cycles of the moon and just everything is a model of that. Nothing in nature is the same all the time. It's constantly changing and shifting. And we don't look at one season and think that it has no value as opposed to another one. But in our society, we often glorify that summer type energy that we have where it's go, go, go and push harder. And I see that in the fitness industry and in a lot of fitness messaging sometimes. And I didn't realize it exactly until I got there myself and realized I needed a shift. So that's sort of where I came to this kind of work. And I really love helping other women to work with their bodies instead of against them through my fitness programs. That's awesome. And I think when a woman hears this, and this is something that I heard a couple of years ago, when somebody said, you need to stop running, like you need to actually stop running that I had so much nervousness around that. Because you said when you're working against your body, newsflash, it's not working you pushing, it's not helping you develop muscle, it's not helping you run faster, it's not helping your body. And there can be a lot of nervousness or apprehension to hear this message because they think what they're doing is working. But if you look at your numbers and your PRs or whatever you're working on, you're not actually progressing. Can we speak a little bit to that before we get started with today's conversation? Because I think when women hear you need to switch up your workout routine, they're like, take anything away from me, but don't switch my workouts. Thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, I think the fear in that, like you just said, is that, well, are you telling me to stop? Are you telling me to slow down? Like I have goals of either body transformation or even weight loss or just other things that we think exercise has to be a piece in that puzzle. And it has to be more in order for it to work. Like if we want more results that we have to do more exercise and it isn't true. It's actually can be the complete opposite of that. And I know it's a little bit of a experimentation, I guess, with your own body, because you may not have had that experience yet. Maybe so far you've been that person who you were able to do more and you saw better results. So it kind of taught you that, well, I'll just go ahead and continue to do more. But there's so much within our physiology that doesn't line up with that because of the way that our hormones fluctuate throughout the month, for example. And the fact that when we have increased cortisol levels, that inspires our body or basically sends the message to our body to hang on to adipose tissue, to not necessarily build muscle in the same way. Like it's the recovery thing gets influenced there with high cortisol. And here's the thing, exercise increases our cortisol. It can also help balance out our cortisol levels because if we 
are doing it at a certain intensity and a certain consistency, I should say, that cortisol can get those fluctuations when we are moving, but then it can drop back down and it can help moderate our sleep. And it can be a really good thing. So if you're listening to this and thinking like, I don't really struggle with overdoing workouts. If anything, I need a little motivation and a little help in doing it consistently. Then yes, it, I mean, it can be a good thing. And I'm not saying that exercise is just for our cortisol levels, just too much all the time, but it's going to be different for everyone. And like you said, at one point, someone told you, you need to stop for a little bit. And it may not be that you have to completely stop everything, but you may really have to shift your mindset around what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And I can get away from the numbers a little bit, because I think even if we are driven by those kinds of goals, there truly are other reasons that most of us want to be physically active. And if we find those other reasons as anchors, it can help us to move through this. And most of the time, if you're that person who's either been told you need to stop, slow down, or you're just feeling it yourself because you're never excited to work out anymore and you're always tired, then you're probably going to land here sooner than later because I was that person who definitely didn't want to stop and was loving what I was doing, but I didn't have a choice. My body said no more. A while back, we received a question on the podcast about keto bars and how easy it is to eat two, three, or four bars in one sitting. Now, I've thought a lot about this like for quite a while, and I too struggled with it to the point where I couldn't have keto bars in the house because I would eat far too many in place of preparing like a proper balanced keto meal. There's some days where a take along with you bar is convenient and at times absolutely necessary. So I started looking for an alternative, something more balanced and a bar that would deliver nutrients, not just a balance of macros where my body would be satiated by one and not in search of more and more and more. Like I think one time I had six keto bars in one sitting and I didn't feel so good after. And then I found that very bar. So here are the ingredients in the new bar that I'm now eating only one of at, at each sitting. Organic cashew butter, organic tapioca fiber syrup, 100% grass-fed bone broth protein, organic dried apples, organic dates, organic pumpkin seeds, organic superfood blend, which includes organic kale, organic broccoli, organic spinach, organic acerola, organic wild blueberry, organic spirulina, organic ginger, organic turmeric, organic sunflower lecithin, organic cinnamon, organic flavors, Himalayan pink sea salt, organic rosemary extract, and monk fruit extract. Now this is made with certified organic, if you didn't catch that, organic, <laughs> antioxidant-rich superfoods, cold-pressed, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, non-GMO, contains healthy proteins, fats, and vital nutrients, no added sugars, artificial sweeteners, or sugar alcohols. It's very low in natural sugars at four grams or less, depending on the flavor, and it's whole food-based. Now, this bar is from Paleo Valley. They call it the superfood bar, and I'm happy to report I eat one, and I'm satiated, and I move on. No more bar binges. Now, this is huge, 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 huge for me. Head on over to paleovalley.com, load up your cart with superfood bars and whatever else you find that tickles your fancy, enter the code KETO at checkout and receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and use the code KETO for 15% off your first order. 
Yeah. We don't want to get to that point. I'm the same story. Like my body just said like no more. And then I kept going. (laughs) Yeah. Like even though my body was like clearly saying no more. And so you chatted a little bit about the myths, one of them being how to adjust your workouts and knowing when the body is saying no more. Are there other workout myths that drive you absolutely bonkers, like fueling before or after things that you just want to kibosh right now? I think that that myth about just going harder and doing more all the time is definitely what comes to my mind first. But also the fact that we think that consistency means that we need to do something every day or maybe at least five, six days a week. And we kind of think of it in terms of daily or weekly instead of monthly which is interesting for women since we are on a monthly cycle. Even if you don't have a menstrual cycle, you still follow, your body still will follow some kind of a a monthly rhythm where you have significant shifts in at least four different sort of phases throughout that cycle. And if you're not shifting what you're doing and how you're doing your physical activity, how you're recovering and handling your body and approaching your workouts during those times, then it'll be a lot different. So I I think that's one shift to even make. And it actually took me a while, even after I started to put this into practice myself to realize that I needed to get out of that mindset of thinking of it as a daily or a weekly goal and start to think of it as a monthly goal. So just to be really specific with that and give you an example, a lot of times you might have a goal of say two to three strength training workouts a week, or you're going to run six days a week because you're training for a marathon or something and have one rest day. But throughout the cycle, it's going to be really frustrating when you get to that premenstrual luteal phase and you have no energy and you're pushing against yourself and you're like, well, what do I do now? Like, I can't just stop. I need to continue towards my goals. The reality is it's probably only a handful of days that you really would want to adjust and give yourself kind of a different course of activity or just pay attention to your intensity or your duration kind of thing. And I'm not saying that's the only time of month, but that seems to be one of the most pivotal for a lot of women is right before you start your period. So if you think of it only in the daily and the weekly, then that week, you're going to be completely down on yourself. You're going to feel so discouraged because you're going to either cut things short, skip them, or you're just going to have all these workouts that feel like they were a struggle. And I remember feeling that way myself every single month at that time and asking what's wrong with me. Like every couple of weeks, it seems like I'm falling down and then I kind of come back and it felt like I was inconsistent with my progress, with my energy. And I literally was asking that question, what's wrong with me? But if you have that mindset shift and reframe of I'm going to do this many long runs this month, or I'm going to do this many strength training sessions this month. And I'm not saying to take huge long gaps in between of like almost three weeks and then try to shove them in on the last week, because that's not effective either. And you do start to lose your gains pretty quickly after complete sedentary for over two weeks, you would start to see some drop off of your gains. But we're talking about like that four or five days that you might have a downshift before your period. And then maybe the first couple of days of, so I think that's a big one because like I said, we're so used to those plans that we get from either the online fitness plans or our personal trainer or fitness coach. And they have well meeting intentions. Like I gave those plans out. I had no idea how to approach it differently, but I think we have to take that as women, especially 
look at our own cycle and determine, well, what would work best for me and also allow me to reach my goals and still do this, but know that there's going to be certain weeks that are different than other weeks. Yeah, it's revolutionary. Like, I know that since tracking my cycle and getting really, really into it, I can tell now I don't even have to think right after my period, like right at the tail end of my period, I have so much energy. And I'm just like, I can do this, I can do anything. And as I approach ovulation, I get stronger and stronger and stronger and quicker and quicker and quicker. And then after ovulation, it slowly starts going (laughs) down. And by like two or three days before my period, I'm like, your girl, maybe we'll go for a walk, but that's like it. Don't bother me, you know, because I just don't have it. And so that's kind of what you're talking about, right? From a, a menstrual cycle component. But what happens if you don't have a cycle? Then do you still experience those ups and downs? Or are you just more setting in the seasons yourself to kind of control yourself to not go really hard? Like, how does it work differently if you don't have a cycle? Yeah. If you don't have a cycle at all, or if it's very unpredictable, like it's either really short, a lot of times or really long, and you don't really have a consistent 28 day or 32 day cycle each time. Or like I said, if you just don't have one, then I think it's just really helpful to notice the personal shifts that you have. And that could be linked to the season itself and how you're feeling in summer versus autumn and what you notice there, but also the moon phases. So the new moon has a bit more of the energy of the menstrual phase. It's a dark, slow, more feminine, like the beginning kind of a reset. And then you go to the waxing moon, which is like that building energy of the follicular phase. And then the full moon is like ovulation. It's very outward energy that kind of bringing forth everything that has been sort of cultivated or growing since that time. Like if you can think about the egg and everything, you're ovulating. And then after that, the luteal phase would be the waning moon. So those can kind of be an alternative anchor if you don't have a cycle at all to follow. And if you want to just pay attention to where the moon phases are and start to feel into those different energies and how that might influence the way you feel for workouts. And you can do the same thing if you really have a sporadic cycle of 28 to 45 days or even less than 28, but more like a 25 to 45 day. If it's all over the place, try to anchor to that. But also, you know, as I have worked with women who have those sporadic cycles, it seems like the most important thing really is to journal your own experience. And you might have a journal where you're tracking your workouts and you might even have one where you've tracked your menstrual cycle. A lot of women, especially like for fertility methods, they might have a cycle tracker where they are charting their day that they're on, their temperature, their mucus, things like that. The other symptoms they might experience, if that's totally new to you, it's fine. But simple ways of tracking like that I teach in my programs would include your cycle itself, what day you're on, the phase that you feel that you're in. And also you can add like the lunar or the astrology of that to see how that might be influencing. And then you put in your sleep, your digestion, how your physical, emotional, and sexual energy has been. And then also your workout, but not just what you did, but 
actually how you felt. <laughs> so yes, put in like the distance you ran or the sets that you did or the kind of workout you did and even the time of day that you did it. But also you want to put down how you felt during that workout because it's so important to be able to look back and see how do I normally feel during this phase or how do I normally feel when the moon is lined up here and you start to see patterns. So I think that's one of the most important things to do. That's why it's one of the pivotal things that I teach in how to journal, how to notice patterns in your cycle and then how you can adjust accordingly with your workouts, because it's going to be one of those things that's so individual. And like you said, how do you track it? If you don't have a menstrual cycle, that really is the best way for anyone with one or without one to start this because you're going to tune into your own body and that's going to give you the most information anyway. Mm, lovely. And this would be the same for women in perimenopause, menopause. It applies the same thing because their cycles are all over the place or they're not getting one same, same yeah, application. For, yeah. For whatever reason, you don't have a menstrual cycle. There's other things to anchor to. And I guess I mentioned the season. So I'll, I'll share just a bit about that for a second, because the spring season, for example, has the energy of that follicular phase right after your period, like that you were describing, you feel like you're coming back to life. Let's go, let's do the workout. And then the summer has the energy of ovulation. The luteal phase is like autumn. You're letting go, you're winding down. And then menstruation is like your inner winter. So that even can help in thinking about how you feel inwardly in terms of seasons, but also just in noticing what season are you in living in, in nature, wherever you live. I mean, some of us have a very distinct four seasons. Some of us maybe live places where it's a little less distinct, but even if you've lived in somewhere that was more temperate climate and maybe didn't have those shifts, I'm sure you still notice the subtle shifts of those seasons themselves. And even what's going on in your life, you know, if you're a parent and you have that back to school time and your schedule is shifting around because of what your kids have going on, or maybe your work schedule shifts because of your travel or things like that. So whatever it might be that you can kind of anchor to and noticing where you might need to change, because that goes back a little bit to what we were talking about in the beginning. I think it's so important for people to understand that consistency in workouts doesn't have to mean you do it every day. And it certainly shouldn't mean you do the same thing all the time. Like we have to switch it up. Our bodies need variety. And I really think we need to become more movement generalists than we are movement specific humans, because naturally our ancestors were out there doing all kinds of activities, running, climbing, lifting, pulling, and we get against these machines and we do workouts and then we become a runner and we do all this running and we get weak in other areas or we become someone who's bodybuilding or doing body competition and we lose other aspects of that. So if those things are important to you, then that's fine. But honestly, this kind of idea is probably for someone who's gravitating a little bit more towards wanting to be doing workouts that are primarily for their health and not just for the workout for whatever other goal you might have in it. You know, you, you really do. And I know a lot of listeners are in this mindset, but this is really for someone who cares about doing it because they want to be healthy and not just fit.
maybe you've heard of all the amazing things that apple cider vinegar can do for you. If you have not, let's review. It can balance healthy blood sugar, banish cravings, and encourage fat loss. It can improve protein absorption and digestion by helping you break down animal protein so you can use those nutrients more effectively. It can help you stabilize healthy blood sugar, which helps improve energy and mood. In aid in the healthful aging process, has been shown to lower morning glucose, fasting glucose, and help stabilize blood sugar by increasing the ability of our muscles to take up sugar from our blood. Okay, so you could just go to your pantry and chug some apple cider vinegar. No, 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 don't do it. It'll burn your esophagus. (laughs) So you always have to mix it with water. And here's the thing. I don't know about you, but when I have a liquid supplement, I will nine times out of 10 forget to take the stuff. And that's why I love Paleo Valley's apple cider vinegar complex, because not only does it have apple cider vinegar, but it also has turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, lemon, all organic ingredients to further support all the benefits of apple cider vinegar and more. If you are encouraged to take the stuff and you just don't think that you'll drink the liquid, you can head on over to paleovalley.com and load up on a couple of bottles of apple cider vinegar complex and whatever else that catches your eyes. I personally love the superfood bars. They're just amazing. Enter the code keto at checkout to receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and use the code keto at checkout for 15% off your first order. I'm so glad that you added that because as you were talking, you know, I'm thinking it's so often that we get stuck in this rut and kids are going back to school and we're completely stressing ourselves over everything because we have to drop them off at school and make their lunches before and then go to the office and then go to the gym. And there's so much going on and we don't give ourselves grace within that, that it ends up breaking us. (laughs) You know, we were talking about that before, if we're just constantly pushing and not allowing ourselves to adapt, that we can get into those issues for sure. Now you've mentioned energy a little bit, like our energy and how we're able to apply ourselves. Are all these adjustments to give ourselves better energy or are there adjustments that we're making for our cycle to help with our PRs or our performance? Just is it more than just, I don't have energy today to do XYZ, but what kind of benefits are we seeing by adjusting our workout regime with our cycle? Yeah, I'm glad you highlighted that because that's a big one for sure. And a lot of women will notice that first in terms of how they might improve. For me, I I know that I definitely noticed over time how I had less just complete wipeout before my period and during my period when I started implementing this. Yes, it's common and I would say normal even for the body to feel a little low energy and like just focused inward during your menstrual time, but to be just completely laid out and not really be able to do much of anything because you're that exhausted. That's been a different experience for me than when I've followed this. So energy is one for sure. But also I would say from working with clients and practicing this myself for several years now, it's also about all the sort of hormonal symptoms that you might normally think of. So the premenstrual time when you have mood fluctuations, you might feel down, you might get headaches, migraines, you might have soreness in your muscles, like you mentioned, recovery, things like that. It's really important for that too, because again, noticing when we're working with our cycle versus against it, those things seem to improve. And it's not that that's the only thing because I certainly have had to work with my hormone health and fluctuations and just the 
levels of hormones and where they're at in other ways too, you know, besides just what I do for workouts and how I change that. It's a nutrition aspect and possibly supplements and testing your hormones and just seeing where things are. So it's not just this, but it's definitely a piece of the puzzle, I would say. And besides the the premenstrual hormonal symptoms, and I would even say not just premenstrual hormonal symptoms, but just things you might experience throughout your cycle, you know, or a lot of women who maybe are dealing with PCOS or endometriosis or things related to the cycle, this can be really helpful because it gives them a different kind of anchor and maybe something they hadn't even thought of. They either struggle with exercise. So this gives them an anchor to be more in a flow that feels good to their body. It's not that, oh, I have to go do this all the time and every day because that's what workouts are supposed to be. That's what fitness tells me to do. But it also gives them a chance to be more consistent with it, like I said, but also to maybe see some alleviation in their symptoms because exercise can really be helpful. And a lot of times you're struggling with doing it for some of the reasons, some of the issues, other health issues you might be dealing with, whether that be hormonally based or not. This could be for someone who is even struggling with other health issues. And maybe that's why they're wanting to learn about keto because they know that that can be helpful to them in the diet aspect of it and lifestyle. But then this could be another piece for you just to help your overall health. So I would say overall health-wise, it's so good because it just aligns with the way that our body is functioning and it's getting us back into the natural rhythm of things, which we can definitely go into kind of the flow of that. You gave a brief overview of it with how it goes for you, which was awesome. But if you want me to go into a little more detail of like what that would look like and feel like so that people listening can maybe start to notice that in their own cycle, I can do that. Yes. With the workouts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go there next. <laughs> Seems like for a natural sure. place I would love to that. go. Yeah. I feel like if you're, you're probably wondering, like, well, tell us more about each of these phases and like what we might notice. So, and also how you might think about your workouts. I don't want this to be prescriptive. Like this is the kind of exercise you do. I know maybe even in the past, I have sounded that way where it's this phase. So this is the kind of workout you do. (laughs) And you see those guides out there where it's like how to work out in sync with your cycle. So I'm not saying that they're bad or that I don't like them. It's just, it's notice that it's a starting point and notice that there's going to be fluctuations that you need to make and things that you need to notice about your personal cycle. And it might not line up with that. And if you're getting too attached to that model or too attached to anything that I say right now and thinking, well, it has to be this way, or I should be this way, then I think you're getting down into the same line of thinking that maybe got you to the place where you're working out and feeling burnout, because then you're just trying to look to something outside of you and not really tuning in to your own body. (laughs) So starting with that, let's start with the menstrual phase. So that, like I said, is like inner winter. I call it the base phase because it's really kind of that starting point baseline. If anything, your goal during this phase would be to maintain anything that you've gained at this point. It's usually a time of great rest, at least for the first couple of days. Now, like you said, as you get into day four or five, you're kind of working towards that next follicular phase. You might have a lot more energy and you might just feel overall like doing more of a workout and able to handle that. And so that's great. But a lot of the recommendations out there that you see about working out on your cycle or doing crunches for cramps and things like that, I have never found that to be helpful for me. So I don't know if anyone ever has. Most women I talk to say that it really helps them to rest during 
those first couple of days. And there's only some times when I notice I'm aligned with like a full moon bleed. So I like I'm menstruating on day one, right around that full moon that I have more energy than usual, that I might do something a little bit more that day. Not because I'm like, Oh, I have to work out today, but because it just feels good. Like it's adding to the circulation boost that my body needs to help to release and get things moving. It just, that's a time of release during that time of the month. So just consider that it's a good time to maintain and maybe focus on the other reasons that you work out, like not just the physical ones, but doing it because you're going outside to breathe fresh air or because it just gives you a break outside of everything else you're doing, an emotional aspect, mental aspect of workouts. And then the next phase going into like usually around day five, six would be the follicular phase. This is like inner spring, like I said, and I call it the build phase because your hormones like estrogen and your follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, those are starting to rise. And that's going to really make you feel a little bit more like superwoman or a lot more like superwoman. It depends on what's going on for you and what else is happening in your life, honestly, because sometimes you may not feel that way very quickly. And I would say, consider that this is like a a rise and you don't just want to jump out of that menstrual phase, that menstrual cocoon even so quickly that you just splurge all your energy because that could be a tendency to just burn yourself out and then maybe have trouble around ovulation, maybe even not being able to ovulate because your body doesn't have what it needs. You're overtraining in that way. So just be cautious, but it is a time to focus really on strength gains because your body's more apt to take those gains or take that those workouts and turn them into gains. So basically you have a better ability, it seems, from the research to make strength gains to do heavier weights, things like that. And also you're more resilient to cortisol, it seems. And the research on this is a little mixed, you know, because it hasn't been studied enough, hasn't been studied a lot. So, and also the studies that are out there, it seems like there's some mixed messaging around it, but there is indication that that would be a phase definitely where you would have higher resistance to cortisol, which allows you to just do that hard workout and then recover. And then also to make the strength gains. So during that late menstrual, early follicular phase, and then ovulation, like you said, is like that peak energy oftentimes of the cycle. But a lot of times women that I've worked with too, will say that right around the day of ovulation, those 24, 48 hours that they will feel sort of a dip. And I've noticed that myself. So you do want to kind of watch for that and listen to your body and know that it has a certain focus, maybe in a different area, and you can do things that are supportive of that. So maybe instead of the high intensity sprints, you do something that's a little slower, or maybe you decrease the duration. There's, there's really a lot of ways you can change your workout volume with sets number of reps you're doing, the duration you're going, the intensity you're doing. It doesn't mean you have to stop or take a rest day. It might, you know, you could totally do that, but there's also ways you can shift it without having to completely fall off and just not do anything that day. So work with that. I call it the peak phase. I think I said that because of those peak hormone levels right before they drop more. So estrogen is going to drop after ovulation. Progesterone is going to rise more in the luteal phase, hopefully. And progesterone is more of a hormone that would make us feel a little more lethargic, a little more tired, especially as the phase of the cycle goes on into the luteal phase. It's, It's our winding down. I call this the recovery phase because it really is important in my experience for us to take this and watch 
watch for the downshift. It's not always so instant and it's not so noticeable, but you probably will feel it. And it's great to pay attention to it and not just try to careen through it and push through and know that there's other things you might be able to work on that you've been neglecting throughout the cycle. So I find that this is a good time to just even assess kind of where I'm at and notice how I've been feeling, look back at my journal and see what I might be doing different in the next cycle in terms of training goals or um, what kinds of workouts I want to be doing, which ones I'm inspired by, which ones I'm not inspired by anymore. So just kind of reassess, but also consider it a time that you could do body weight strength training, maybe instead of using weights, or you could do more stretching before and after your workouts, because maybe that's not something you incorporate much, but it's definitely helpful for moving and allowing your body to move better circulation, all those things to help your muscles recover. And this can be a time where recovery can be more difficult if you do go too hard, I've noticed. So just pay attention to what you might have been neglecting and how you can support yourself in this time. And I think it's helpful to still have a goal because it allows you to feel like, okay, I'm not just completely falling off here. And also at the same time, if you do want to take a rest day, then these are great times to do it. And like I said before, we might think of this cycle and these patterns more like, well, we have six days a week of workouts and then we take one day off. And maybe that's the flow that we're in or that's the plan that we've been given. But you might consider that I'm not saying work out seven days straight and do that every week up until this phase, but you might consider that it's not going to derail your training if you do that day off each week or whatever you need. And then during this phase, maybe you need a couple days, three days, four days. For some people, it might be look like you're taking off, but maybe you're actually cross-training. Maybe instead of running, you're swimming. <laughs> maybe you're, you know what I mean? So it can be, rest days can look like cross-training too. And my rest day might look like someone else's active day or someone else's rest day might, you know, vice versa. And so it's going to be different and you have to really listen to what your body might be nudging you towards. And I, I think that that's easier as you practice this. A lot of people say like, well, I don't really know sometimes because I never feel like working out. Like I'm not motivated a lot of the times and maybe they wouldn't say never, but it's a struggle to do it. So what I like to encourage people with is to at least try, like think about what would be the inspiring thing for you to do if you're struggling to go do the workout. Like I don't want to go run or I'm not wanting to go to the gym. Well, what does sound fun? Like what does sound like it would be good for you right now? And do that, do it for a 10, 15 minute warm up, and then see how you feel. Because then you'll know usually if you're just needing to shake through that energy that is, was kind of making you feel stagnant or whether you're really tired and maybe you do need to take a walk instead of doing the cycling class or whatever it might feel more restful or better to you that day. And again, this is this can apply to people who are training for a marathon and it can apply to people who are working out for their general fitness or as part of their body transformation goals. I really think it can. It's just you have to trust that your body is leading the way and that your workout plan that's on paper is not. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff.
I can tell how incredibly passionate you are about this. It's very rare that I have guests. I don't even know how to put this into words, but if anyone's listening, you're probably feeling the same thing of just, you can tell how much passion you have and how much knowledge you have. I think everyone can have knowledge, but what I see from you is that you truly live this and you love this and you love helping others. So I just wanted to take a moment to just say that because it's very rare that I have guests on that are just so caring. And so I really loved hearing you explain that in a way that was just so approachable and feasible for everyone if they put that into practice. And I guess my last question here is like, in the beginning, you talked a little bit about um, tracking and I'd love to understand through working with your clients and, and how all that works, kind of how you help people with that process, because all the information you shared was beautiful. But then a lot of people go, how do I actually do this? So can you share with us how people can work with you, where they can find you and all those things? Yeah. Thank you for reflecting that back. And I do put it into practice. I have obviously, as I shared in the beginning, and it's still an ongoing journey. Like I'm still not getting it perfect and still working on my own health as we all are, but it's been transformative to know this because it doesn't only impact the way that I work out. If you can't tell, it impacts my entire life. It impacts what I say yes to and what I say no to in terms of business opportunities. It determines who I spend time with and when I spend time with them, like that kind of thing throughout my life. And it's just so helpful to, I think it lessens the guilt and obligation we often feel for things because it's like, I know what's best for me right now. It gives you that confidence <laughs> and allows you to really stay in line with that. So that's what I love about it. And I think that's where the confidence comes in. Once you start like in learning about, yes, you learned a little bit here about the cycle and the different phases and how you might shift. And I told you about tracking and how you would start with that, because that's going to be how you notice your own patterns. And then further, there's ways to take that and reflect back on it and see, you know, okay, well, how do I work with it? If this is how I'm feeling during this phase, or how do I adjust that volume or intensity of the workouts themselves in different phases of the cycle. So that's really what I would go into more in depth in my programs. Wild Femme Fit is a 29-day experience intentionally designed in that flow, intentionally designed with that time frame because it's going to take you at least through one of your own cycles. And then you're going to be able to start collecting that information and learning about how to take it from month after month after month from there. And I also have the workout without burnout blueprint, which is more for the people who do need the base wild benefit understanding. It comes with that program, but then you also get the piece that really helps me to recover from the adrenal issues that I had in overtraining. And not that I'm a physician or an expert on the adrenal situation, but it's it's more about the lifestyle changes that I put into practice. And that I know that so many people need to put into practice in order to not only sustain themselves in their life, but also in workouts. So it's for that person who is already in that place, they're running to recover from overtraining or avoid it altogether versus maybe just the person who like, like, yeah, I really resonate with this approach to workouts and I want to learn how to do this and I'm not necessarily burnt out yet. So kind of two different paths there, depending on where someone is. I love that. And I will include links to both in the show notes, including where to access your podcast, your Instagram, your website, all of those things. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. I'm so grateful for your podcast and all the information you're sharing. And I've really enjoyed talking about this, as you said. So I appreciate it. And thank you for those of you listening.
I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Again, you can find Jenny on her website, Jenny with an I, Hulbert. That's H-U-L-B-U-R-T dot com. Her Instagram, Jenny Hulbert, and her podcast is Wild Wellness Podcast. Episode 335 is coming up on Sunday, September 19th. We're talking about the solutions for keto beginners. And then Sunday, September 26th, episode 336, we're having Sarah Godfrey on the show. I'm really excited to chat hormones with her. I have not recorded this episode yet. It's, oh man, I've looked up to Sarah for quite some time. I know when I was first getting into hormones about six or seven years ago and really delving deep, her resources were one of the ones that I started with. So I'm really excited to have her on the show and chat about hormones. So very much looking forward to that episode. I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next Sunday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.